Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Jaron Miller, and welcome to the Classic Series Redrive. Check them up. Let's get started. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to the Redrive. Once again, I am your host, Jaron Miller, and uh, episode number 10. It's hard to believe time is uh, definitely flying by. I uh, hope everybody's having a great week. Uh, joined today in studio, once again, of course, uh, Logan Reinhold, our producer. We are here at the Reinhold Tack and Western Wear studio. Also joining me, Mark Hosteller, and on the phone from his home out here in Idaho, uh, Mr. Kyle Forsyth joining us. <clears throat> Uh, a lot of things going on in the draft horse uh, industry. Uh, the wheels are turning on the draft horse uh, show, the summer show season. Uh, we got a couple under our belt already. Uh, I've got some more uh, horse sales to talk about and uh, recap as well. Um, Kyle, you were out there at the at the first summer show of the the or the summer show season, I guess. The Wild West uh, Classic Six Shootout um, had eleven sixes, pretty decent turnout. Uh, looked like a pretty good show. Yeah, just a great facility. Um, the Clark family, uh, with the help of Venus and a few others, put that show on. Uh, Dennis and Stacy, we're going to get them on the podcast here at some point. Clark Family Orchards. But just a fantastic event. They did a great job. Uh, had a nice meal <clears throat> at their place in Palisade. You're kind of set in the mountains there. And uh, weather was beautiful, kind of 80 and sunny. We don't get the humidity out here in the west like you guys do out east there. So kind of a dry heat, 80, 85, sun was shining. It was a really good event. Yeah. Day one, uh, in the six young living, uh, high point, double S blue ribbon, Yoder, Clark family orchards, Kiefer's unhitched tired boots, Kiowa Creek and Anson day two was young living blue ribbon, Yoder, Hay, double S high point, Clark Kiefer unhitched tired boots, Anson Kiowa Creek. Day three was young living double S high point, Yoder, Blue Ribbon, Clark Family, Kiefer, Tired Boots, Unhitched Ranch, Anson Belgians. And then in the classic cart, Young Living, Yoder Family, Blue Ribbon, High Point, Double S, Clark. Uh, then there was a few others in that. Uh, yeah, it was just a great event. Like I said, it was kind of nice to get started. Everybody was working some kinks out. And, and uh, yeah, it was just a good way to kick off the year. Well, I think, and I've seen pictures um, of, you know, the Clark, uh, Clark's or the reception you guys had there out there and uh, pictures look really nice, look like everybody's having a good time. But like you said, working your kinks out, I think this time of year, um, everybody's working their kinks out. Um, the, the horses they bought in the spring and putting some new young horses in and everybody's just kind of um, getting the wheels turning, like I said. Um, another show just this past weekend, uh, Mark, the Boone County classic um there in northern illinois you were there at that show yeah it was great turnout um really good enthusiasm there um by all the exhibitors and overall in general i think the enthusiasm is great right now in the industry but no it was great uh the hageman family did a great job with the new show and uh kind of a similar deal there was a you know a dinner that uh harness supplied uh the evening before and um, everybody came together and ate and had a band playing and it was great entertainment and it was great turnout, bunch of hitches, 29, I believe were there and big classes and it was hot and it was windy and it was dusty and people going to the next shows will probably find dirt in places they've never found <laughs> dirt and dust before. But if it wouldn't have been for the wind, it would have just been 
unbelievably hot, but there was a nice breeze going and just a really, really good turnout, really good show. Pretty warm for this time of year and for, for it to be a, well, I guess we are in the, you know, first week in June already. But, uh, yeah, you can, all these results, uh, folks, are posted on the Classic Series website and on Facebook as well. There are a lot of these shows have, you know, like the Boone County Classic, all their results are posted. Um I just kind of, you know, wrote down the top 10 here. Because like Mark said, there was like 29 sixes. So the top 10 on Friday, uh, winning the six there was Express. Uh, second place was Jackson Fork Ranch. Yoder Hay Company coming in third. Blue Ribbon Days f- uh, fourth. Uh, Zubrods came in fifth. Young Living sixth. Um, M&R Belgians were seventh place. Hammersmith 8th, Burger Barn ninth, and HD Rapid 10th. That was for the 6 on Friday, the first 6. The Classic Cart uh, results also just the top 10. There was a lot of entries, great turnout. Uh, Coming in in first place was the Yoder uh, Hay Company entry, uh, HD Rapid 2nd, Blue Ribbon Days 3rd, Zubra Pertrans 4th, Brockoff 5th, Young Living 6th, Hammersmith Belgian 7th, Gray Thunder Pertrons 8th, Audi Family Stables 9th, and the Schreiber Pertrons rounding out the top 10 in the classic cart. And then for the 6 on Saturday, the top 10 as well, starting from uh, top to bottom, Jackson Fork Ranch winning that class, Young Living 2nd, Express 3rd, Yoder Family Hay Company 4th, Zubrot Pertrons were 5th, Blue Ribbon Day 6th, Burger Barn 7th, HD Rapids 8th, ANC Belgians 9th, and Hammersmith Belgians rounding out that top 10. Um, but yeah, like I said, all the results are on Boone County Classic and same way with the Wild West shootout on the show there out there out west a couple weeks ago. Uh, we also had a few sales, a few horse sales kind of finish out the spring uh, auctions here um mark you were at the can-am sale clyde sale there in ship shawana uh looked like they had a great sale yeah the market the was part. good and for the most part and um they sold a gilling for i believe seventy thousand. um that uh victoria mccullough bought and then hallamore bought a gilding from kent gingrich for like it was thirty three thousand thirty two five. uh so yeah it was the enthusiasm was there and a lot of buyers were there and uh they had a had a good sale. They average well. And, uh, yeah, Dwayne Chupp and uh, Margo Carson, Dave and Margo Carson put that sale on the Can-Am Clydesdale sale. This was the second year for it. Um, overall average was 9648 9648 So, you know, overall average on a sale, that's a really good average. Gilding's averaged 11 8 uh, And like Mark said, that uh, top-selling gilding was Shining uh, Meadows Rockwell. For seventy thousand, from Ryan and Amy Mullen, uh, he was sired by that Maplewood Daniels Lucas. But Ryan owns that horse, correct? Yes, he stands at Crystal Springs, and I would encourage Clyde people to breed to him. He's really throwing some nice, nice quality hitch horses that that drive well, and and uh, he needs to be, in my opinion, breeding some mares. And yeah, he's already produced a f- multiple sale toppers and a lot of good quality horses. So. Spring or uh, Crystal Springs. Make sure you check him out. Maplewood Daniels Lucas. The side of that top uh, selling gilling. He was down in Texas when I was down there years ago as a young horse. Um, Dick Wagner raised him, so a lot of old breeding in there, and, and then everything that kind of come out of that line of genetics was was really good hitching. Mm-hmm. Uh, congratulations once again to Ryan and Amy Mullen uh, for selling that horse and Victoria McCullough. 
uh, the purchase there, and good luck to him. Um, this this past weekend as well, Seymour Draft Horse Sale um, there at Topeka, Rick and Andrea Welsh's sale, Dwayne Beachy uh, puts that deal on. Had a great sale, great turnout, uh, 200, and I just, just shy of 300 head of horses, kind of a, a warm weekend there as well, but a great turnout. Um, had a really good sale, had a, a Pertrand Gelding from Ryan and Michael Yoder from LaGrange there, bring 60,000. He went to Ames, Pertrand's, had a Belgian mare uh, bring 57,000. That went to Oak Haven, Belgians. I could go on and on and on, um, but uh, the top 10 averaged uh, 34,000. Um, Top 100 average 12.7. So, really strong sale, great sale. And also, the, uh, you know, the Willow Creek um, had their, I guess, dispersal there um, and sold some equipment. Their hitch wagon, I might talk about this as well. The Hirsch Belgians bought their hitch wagon, and uh, Reese family and Zubrod bought the trailers, if anybody was interested in knowing uh, who bought that stuff. So, anyway, great sale there. Um, Coming up next weekend is the, or this coming up weekend, a lot of you, if you're listening to this, might be there already, is the Wilmington Classic there in Wilmington, Ohio. Um, so if you're in the area or uh, need something to do this weekend, make sure you go check that out. I'm sure they'll probably have 15 to 26, as I'm not exactly sure. I think there's 2,600. 26, so another big show. Um, you know, everybody's going. A lot of, it'd be a great show. Um, tickets are going on sale, or the, the Midwest uh, Classic Draft Horse Show and Pool is at the end of this month, June 25th through the 26th. Um, tickets are on sale right now, so get your tickets, uh, MichiganEvents.com. Tickets are $10. Kids and un- uh, kids 5 and under are free. So June 25th and 26th, mark that on your calendar. Also, um, June 14th, tickets go on sale to the public for the uh, finals, for the Classic Series finals. So, uh, once again, that's also MichiganEvents.com. That is back in Shipshawana this year, if you haven't heard, at the Michigan Events Center. Um, June 14th, the tickets go on sale, MichiganEvents.com. Now, for members, if you're a Classic Series member, tickets go on sale for you on the 13th only at discount. The ticket fee is dropped, so you'll get a couple bucks off off of every any ticket you buy there will be an email sent to you so members buy your tickets june 13th at a discounted price um an email will be sent out with all the details on that so besides that that's about all i have uh mark mark and kyle uh, what uh what else is there to run down on on what's new in the classic series so yeah the first thing we need to do is remind people to get their uh Application submitted to the Classic Series for the Youth Scholarship. Those close on the 15th of June here. Um, you don't have to be, I think there's a little bit of confusion out there. You don't have to be a Six Horse Hitch member to submit an application. Only thing you got to do is just go online and put your name in there. If you compete, competed in the class and you're eligible for basically free money for application. And, and we'd like to see more excuse me, kids take advantage of this to, and once again, it doesn't have to be to a four-year college. It can be to a tech school, equine dentistry, equine, um, anything equine related. So, uh, once again, that closes June 15th. And, you know, I just can't stress this enough. Just please, if you're kids and, and if you know of kids that have uh, participated in any kind of competitions, uh, in the, in the hitching business, and whether it be a county fair or a big state fair, just go online, 
um, submit your name and become a member and submit an application for a scholarship. And, and the memberships are free. Uh, there's a free membership to yes, the youth card, that's true. card series. So uh, even if you're you're a, a kid that's not of age to be eligible for the scholarship, uh, be sure to sign up and then you will be eligible for a scholarship when you do graduate. Yes. Yep. So we'd like to see as much participation, participation in that as we possibly can. And another thing is uh, if you're a show coming up that uh, you know is going to be a classic series point show, if you could please get your uh, fees paid so we can enter your show online because uh, just this past weekend, again, we've had several people uh, approach the the classic series via email and, and even at shows that said, you know, that they were just looking for something to do. And they went on the classic series website and looked at what shows were going on. And then they came out to watch the show. So I encourage people, if you want, I encourage people, if you're a show with a classic series, six horse hitch classes to pay your entry uh, or pay your fee so we can get you guys registered on the Classic Series website. Yeah, pay your entries early. I mean, we a lot of these, are, our crowds are getting bigger and bigger, and there's reasons for that. you got to get it out there on social media. People want to come. They want to watch. They want to be there. And uh, if they don't know about it, they can't be there. So let's let the public know um, what shows are going on because they are searching, and uh, they will come out for sure. And from an exhibitor standpoint, a lot of these exhibitors are trying to organize their schedules uh, around the point chase and stuff, and uh, hugely beneficial to have that knowledge for them, too. Right, exactly. Well, we had the opportunity to sit down with, uh, well, we sat down here in the studio, uh, Mark Hostetler, myself, Logan, and Rod Kohler. Um, we had Kyle on the phone as well. We got the opportunity to talk to um, longtime breeders, great supporters of the draft horse industry and the Belgian breed, Mark and Jocelyn Berry. Um, they talked to us from their home out there in East Bethany, New York. Um, had a great time talking with them. It was a great conversation. I hope you enjoy. We would like to thank Ship Shawana Harness and Supply in Ship Shawana, Indiana, Mr. Bob Schrock. If you're looking for products for the show ring or at the farm from A to Z, anything you need, horse nutrition, tack, you name it, make sure you check them out, shipshawanaharness.com. Follow them on Facebook or visit their shop in beautiful Ship Shawana, Amish country, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. till 4 p.m. And Saturday, 8 a.m. till 12 noon. Call Mr. Bob Schrock, 260 768 7254 for all your draft horse needs. Joining us today is uh, Mark and Jocelyn Berry, joining us from their home in East Bethany, New York. We also have uh, Kyle Forsyth. He's joining us from his uh, home. Um, In-house today, we got uh, Rod Kohler, Mark Hostetler, and myself, Logan Reinhold, doing our producing and editing editing like normal. Um, we couldn't do it without him. So uh, thanks for joining us, uh, Mark and Jocelyn. We're, sure, uh, we glad, we're excited to have you on. I know you guys are as busy as ever uh, juggling uh, with the dairy farm and the horses and, and all kinds of things. So thanks for being on with us. Well, thanks for having us. We're glad to have you uh, ask us. to. So Jocelyn, hey. um, <laughs> several years ago, um, 
we had a little discussion and we were talking about employees of uh, ours. Um, what was it that you used to describe Jaron Miller? I can't recall <laughs> what that was. I called him the round face kid. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, I didn't know that till the day. And it's so very true. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> well, you were younger than Jaren. You still had your baby size. Well, it's still there. It's still there. Don't worry. Now it just fits the body better. It's, uh... <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> but anyway, so, well, we're going to get, we're going to, we'll, we can edit that out. Or we, we'll leave it on. That's what it is. <laughs> well, I mean, you need Need some comedy, <laughs> but uh, she was completely honest about that deal. <laughs> well, I knew she would be. Like, yeah, uh, if you're going to ask somebody, I mean, she, she'll be honest. I was thinking she wouldn't remember. Heck, that was 12 years ago, probably the Ohio State Fair. Hey, even if it breaks your heart, she's going to tell you. So, but uh, she, hey, she always had good food. So, <laughs> always like Jocelyn. There's yeah, always good yeah. food. Absolutely. So, um, we're going to go back. Uh, Maybe and, and everybody wants to know. Everybody's going to want to know. Like how how did you get started in the in the Belgian industry? Um, did your dad or your grandpa or how did how did this all come about? Well, as far as uh, how Laura Belgians in particular started, it goes back to the mid to late nineteen seventies, and uh, my grandfather, who was the uh, starting uh, member of the dairy farm, Laura Dairy Farm, uh, was getting of the age that. My grand or my father and my uncle thought he needed to get a hobby and back away from the dairy a little bit. And um, he wasn't one to play golf or anything like that. So he wanted to get a team of Belgian mares uh, because he had actually farmed with Belgians uh, back when he first started farming. So that's actually how it all started is uh, he started with a team of Belgian mares and that quickly uh, grew by about 1980. They were doing uh, we were doing quite a bit of showing at the local, local county fairs and so forth. And um, I was a that point, I guess about three or four years old tagging along. And we have actually hooked a competitive six or competitive dust anyways, since uh, 1983. Uh, we've hooked a six every year since then. And the breeding program was the start. Um, like I say, we had a couple mares to begin with. Mid 80s kind of switched to geldings and uh, still always had the breeding stock and so forth. And that's it's just kind of grown from there. It started as a uh, full family deal. My uh, my dad, my uncle, my grandfather, and then myself, my sisters, and uh, then Jocelyn came along, and it's just been a a great deal for many years, and we're still here, I guess. Mm -hmm. Well, that's pretty impressive. Uh, like you said, uh, competitively for well, what going on thirty seven years of showing a six horse hitch, but. I don't think besides, you know, everybody, okay, Laura Dairy Farm, everybody thinks of a gelding six. People don't realize um, how, what your breeding, what your breeding uh, program you have there as well. How many mares or how many foals do you raise a year? Um, no more than 12, usually between eight and 12. I think we had six this year. Yeah. We generally keep a couple stallions on hand. Um, and then we also try to, you know, breed to some of the, what we feel are the the top studs out there. And um, it, we've, we've had between, like Jocelyn says, between eight and 12, pretty consistently for the last 15, 20 years. Very good. Very good. And uh, the dairy or the, the farm, the dairy farm, um, we're just kind of getting some info out uh, as we start this podcast here. Uh, some things people are going to want to know. The Lorop Dairy Farm, how many cows do you milk? Um, and what's your daily routine? 
<laughs> well, well that's kind of a loaded question, I guess. Dairy farm. <laughs> yeah, it is. There's never anything quite the same, but we milk about 2,400 head. Um, we raise all of our own replacements. We have all of our own dry cows. And um, besides just the dairy, so with between the dairy animals and the replacements, we have about 4,500 head. All Holsteins, a few mixed breeds here and there, but for the most part, all Holsteins. But besides that, we actually raise all of our own uh, forages, so all of our own hay and corn that we need. Um, don't We do not sell any of our... Um, our products as far as our, um, our crops. So we're pretty much producing everything we need for our own livestock. And we try to raise everything that we need for the horses as far as, um, Hey, we obviously end up buying some grain and so forth. But, uh, so between the dairy and then, um, the horses, we also crop upwards of 5,500 to 6,000 acres in a good year. Wow, that's pretty impressive, especially uh, if you keep in, you're keeping all your heifer calves back and and raising all your replacement heifers and springers. As Phil Deckard always Correct. says, it's one of the largest dairy farms in the country, right? Well, I, I've been told, I've heard that. Yes, I wouldn't say that's maybe a hundred percent accurate, but. <laughs> The Redrive is also brought to you by Topeka Livestock Auction and Topeka Draft Horse Auction. Three great draft horse auctions to choose from throughout the year. You have the Spring Draft Horse Sale, the Seymour Draft Horse Sale, and the Fall Topeka Draft Horse Auction. For more information, follow them on Facebook or their website, TopekaLivestock.com. The next draft horse auction coming up is the Seymour Draft Horse Sale, which is June 3rd through the 5th. Uh, we're Western New York is actually uh, blessed with dairies out here. Um, I, I've said it to many people. I, I could take you if you visited within a 20 mile radius of us to many. And I mean, counted on more than two hands um, dairies that are over a thousand cows. We're, we're right in dairy country out here. Everybody thinks New York and they think New York City. Western New York has uh, not even close to uh, what the scope of New York City is at all. So. And how is the weather? I know we're sitting here and, and it's, it's raining outside and we're, our fields are underwater and about, I don't know, hardly anybody down by me in Huntington, Indiana started even planting. It's been so wet. How's the weather up there your way this spring? It's pretty miserable and it's a cold mother's day. I can tell you that it's pretty cold here today. Um, we were very fortunate. We had a good uh, March and a good early April. And since then it's been very wet and very cold. Um, we're a little behind, but uh, we, it's funny out here in the East, we're usually a good two, three weeks behind, especially you Huntington area folks on planting anyways, but uh, it's still early for us to get started, to get right in the heart of things, to be honest with you, but it, it, it could warm up. We'd be okay with that. If it would warm up and it would stop raining, we're ready for that. Yeah. I know earlier on in the spring, we were having some really nice weather and some guys got in, but man, the few, uh, last couple of weeks here, it's been, it's been awful cold. And like you said today, uh, Northern Indiana by Rod and Missy are here. They, they've had snow, <laughs> they had snow up there on, uh, May 8th or 9th, May, May 9th, whatever. The lake else. is steaming. It's so mad about that snow falling on it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I've been in Mark and Jocelyn's house a few times and, and uh, she's got a beautiful kitchen, but I forget how come you only have three kitchen chairs there for for the longest time there. What what was on going on with that deal? Oh, well, you'd have to talk to Mark and Ross about that yeah, one. That was before Ross I showed up. One, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> He's told me I'm supposed to ask you guys. 
you know, when you have some people that uh, when you have friends that work together and so forth, there there might be times that kitchen chairs start flying or something when you disagree a little bit and so forth. But, uh, you know, people change, you know, young punks, young uh, Buckeye punks, they grow up a they little grow. bit and uh, change their ways a little bit. So uh, it gets better with time. That's why so, I got so there was a chair fight? The hole in the wall. So that's why you had to put up a new kitchen? Yeah, I said there was a hole in the wall. That's why I got a new kitchen. Oh, there you go. <laughs> was Syracuse playing Ohio State or something? or Something like that. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to give you any more information than that. <laughs> huh. Jocelyn, Mark. you grew up in uh, eastern Canada. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you went and was your first you go to Brillinger's maybe something like that. Is that when you met Mark or give us your background, your story, where you're from, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, I grew up in Fredericton, New Brunswick. And after I was done college, um, I was actually headed to Saskatchewan, Kyle, to go work on for Lumixes. Or are they in Manitoba? Maybe anyways, I was at Lloyd and Marlene Langels and uh, we were talking to Steve and Sherry Lewis on the phone and Steve said, Oh, you don't want to go up there. He said, you come, you come up here and we'll get you a job. And I went up a week later and I was at Brillinger's the week after that. So. And, and how long were you there? Uh, six years, six years. And then I went to work for Rodney in Ohio. So you met uh, Mark when you were at at Brillinger's. Uh, the first the first year at the Can Am, um, they were low on stable space, and we were both stalled in the breezeway with Kirby Puckett's mules. It was it was Laura <laughs> Brillinger's and the mules that were stuck in the breezeway, and it was one cold week. Let me tell you, and love at first sight. Snuggle, snuggle. <laughs> like Something the baseball, like the baseball player Kirby Puckett had mules. No, I don't think he was a no. baseball player, but that was his name. <laughs> I didn't know. I don't, know rem- I don't remember the buckets. Remember that they smelled. So, how was your time with Rodney? Yeah, how was your time at Oakhaven? We. <laughs> I will tell you, Rodney was the best person I ever worked for, including my husband. He just left you alone and let you do your job. What was uh, what was that one team you drove? Who was it, Rod? Oh, it wasn't uh, a team. It was a card horse. Well, I can tell you who it was. If she can't remember. <laughs> well, it was. Uh, there was a team. Um, little, oh, the team. A couple oh, pair, a little little pair team. of red rockets <laughs> going around the Indiana State Fair. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, that was before. That was at Indiana. It yep. was Tilly and Penny. Yep. Yep. You uh, and Rodney. I threw the whip at him after the first lap, and then... I recall it being a brand new whip, and I was a little disgusted. You got dirt on that thing. <laughs> Rod was only allowed to buy one And the second lap, he kept just kept telling me, just ride the back of the wagon. And it was Randy Robertson in front of me, and he kept looking back. <laughs> and it was okay until Penny thought, I'm tired of following this wagon. I'm going to pass. But... Tilly, Tilly threw a shoe, I think, but yeah, we needed it in the yeah. line. She, she uh, blew a tire, slowed things down a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> T- Tilly was known for causing trouble. Yeah. We went through a, a small shunning 
period uh, with your uh, current husband, as I recall. Um, we did. You know, he recruited us to go to New York State Fair. So we uh, we take this long trip out there in this uh, congested type of a situation. And, uh, you know, we get through the show. Everything was fine. And uh, when we uh, load everything up to leave, he had his back towards me, and I'm like, okay, I guess uh, we're going through this period. So uh, I don't know if it's a six-month or a two-week or the how shunning, this works. Shunning continues. A little bit of a shunning. <laughs> he's, he's left out the part where uh, the, the Tilly that we were talking about a minute ago, the, the known runaway horse, was uh, it's not fun watching your fiancé in the cart with her uh, about pretty much having a complete runaway the night before. And then the shunning did continue for – I Maybe think he was just upset so. because it was his cart. It was my cart. I forgot. I did get some. She did get some. Uh, some white paint on the hub. Not the last time that's happened though either. And can't. I was going to say, Mark, have you yeah. never given yeah. your life for one right. runaway? Right. Uh, <laughs> We would also like to thank Penwood's Pertrons, specializing in ship-chilled semen. Once again, with a powerful stallion lineup here in 2021. If you have some mares at home that need bread, make sure you check them out. They have the Tripcrest Ladies Man Horse, Bellevue Crown Royal, Thunderhill Crosby, Recount, list goes on and on. Check them out on Facebook, or you can call them 814-364-9917 or 814-364-2183. Chad and Ronicle, Penwood's Pertrons. Talk about karma. I believe uh, that uh, the same situation happened with his horse, but I believe it was okay at that time, you know, because she was fine. She's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> they love that I stayed here. Well, I was just so excited. <laughs> They're so excited you're here. Oh, shoot. So, Mark, you were the president of the Belgian court for a while, and uh, what was the deal between uh, you and Jocelyn when you took that job? Well, when I uh, when I took over as president, I think I'd been on the board for six or seven years, I, I think, at that time, and then I became president, and um, it was not my wife's career choice for me at that point, that's for sure. Um, not to say that she wasn't supportive because she was extremely supportive, but uh, the day that I became the board president, um, we had to go and uh, go furniture shopping at the Amish store and bought a very expensive, nice dining room table. That was uh, her consultation price in that whole event. So, <laughs> And from there on, she didn't mind the meetings in Amish country, did she? <laughs> that, More that shopping. <laughs> four chairs or six? Four, yeah, four chairs or six. <laughs> Ross so doesn't get a chair kind of anymore. <laughs> There's kind of a bit of a theme. I think every time you go to a horse sale or to a Belgian court meeting, or if Jocelyn has to take a horse for wind surgery, it seems like shopping is involved. It definitely becomes involved. If there's a spot to shop, she can tell you where it is. When you bought Earl, wasn't she out shopping that day too? That is correct. I Kyle. was. Yep. I was uh, not supposed to uh, buy Earl and she went out shopping that That's morning. That's not and- true. You told me you wanted them, and I said, well, buy them if you want them. I'm going shopping. (laughs) So what was more expensive, Earl or your shopping trip? (laughs) 
I don't think I even bought anything. Oh. I'll bet you I know which one was the better buy. Yeah, I, I think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so speaking of Earl and like what what's some of the horses you've driven over the years that are you think, man, they were just fun to drive or, you know, maybe not the best to some people, but the best in your mind gave everything they had. Some of the geldings you've had around there that you've driven, Mark. And Josh, well, we've been really, we've been really fortunate, Mark. And that's a, that's a tough question, but some of the first ones that come to mind, um, probably one of, I think Joss would agree with me, probably one of our all time barn favorites to drive and have in the barn was Tucker and Tucker would not have been, you know, the first horse that people would have picked when they came in the barn or whatever. Tucker came from Travis Fox and, um, uh, you know, Travis all but, uh, begged us to try the horse and we did and he was just kind of that go-to horse for many years did a great job for us um jocelyn won the all breed um cart at uh great lakes one year with him she was champion ladies cart horse of the royal with him one year horse that probably had as big a heart and probably as big a brain as many that we've had around here um another one for me definitely this is going back many years would have been jay and Jay was a horse that I got from Nelson Schrock. Um, Jay had kind of a, a rough start in life. He made the rounds to about five different people in his first few years and ended up landing out here. And um, we used Jay, help me, Jocelyn, 12 years in the lead, 11 or 12 yeah, 12 years 12 in the years. lead. And uh, we're really fortunate to have him. He was the, the best thing about both Jay and Tucker, where they were a horse you put in the cart and I, you didn't have to go and head him. And I've always just, you know, that says a lot about a horse, but. Jay's an interesting story though, because at home he was, well, Jay was pretty ignorant and cantankerous all the way around, but at home in particular, especially the end of his career, um, you'd think he was done anytime you came to the farm because he'd just, he'd just lope and gallop and just carry on like an absolute idiot at home. And uh, then when it was home, or I'm sorry, then when you got to the show, he'd just put on his game face and, and always do his best for you. Yeah, and you can't really say Jay without Turbo because we drove them together for, I think, 10 years. And then um, before Brewster, who we're still currently using, we had his full brother, Romeo. Romeo was one of my favorites. I think he's the one that ran away with me or I was tried to run say, away with me. I, at I do believe that was yeah. the name of. Uh, <laughs> Rod liked him yeah. too. Yep. yep. That's when it was my. I turn remember to back. Romeo every morning at New York State Fair would have. Board. like the maintenance crew knew Romeo every morning, <laughs> every morning. Yeah. he'd have boards all over the alleyway he'd have his stall just destroyed we, we've been super fortunate I mean we really have had too many horses to name um that we've been very fortunate to have had our hands on um another one a great story goes along with Miss Marshall Marshall's a horse that uh, we bought from Dean and Kelly Woodbury um Dean has been great to us over the years and fed us some great horses into our program I bought Marshall with another horse called Spencer, um, and they actually bought him from Dean at the uh, Hoosier Horse Fair, which was held in April every year. And um, Marshall was one that we brought home, and uh, we had to kind of forget about him for a year because he just mentally wasn't quite as ready, but turned into one of our mainstays. I mean, we used him lead, swing, wheel for, I think, eight or nine years. And uh, Marshall was probably he was very well known as uh, one of our hitch horses that he was also even better known for. He had a lot of victims. Um, Marshall was not a, a fan of taking a walk in the morning at the shows. And I'm pretty sure someone that's on this call right now was one of his victims. Um, Marshall generally would leave 
somebody leave the barn leading him during morning chores and he'd always come back by himself without his leader or the leader would come back without Marshall. And um, there's a sign out in the parking lot at the uh, Great Lakes facility at Michigan State University that's, I think, bent in half that Marshall went over top of with somebody on this call that they weren't able to handle him that morning. And they were going to retrain him the next day, um, but he came back by himself yet again. So, uh, but no, Marshall is another one that we just, he was a really, uh, a really special horse to us too. Yep. I was the handler on that deal. <laughs> I, I think that, that was still, that was still the funniest thing. There was an old guy out there by the campers and <laughs> I had two in my hand and the door opened and Marshall put on the brakes. And when the camper door closed, this guy took gone. off. And it was funny because he bent that sign down. It said the no parking sign behind the manure pit. And it's still bent to this day. And he ran right into Aaron Freitag and was drinking water. And Aaron had a hold of him. Well, hi there, Marshall. He goes, I figured somebody would come get you sooner or later. And I walk in there with the other horse and took him back to the stalls. Oh, that was hilarious. That was funny. <laughs> I, I, think it, I think at last count there were six people that had thought they were going to walk Marshall and never got it accomplished. So I still blame it on Dean. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a true story. Um, we were out to Woodbury's, I'm going to say maybe six, seven years ago. And Kelly Woodbury still talks about how she hates Marshall because uh, when they had just gotten him, their new barn was just done. And she can still show you marks in the wall. The first marks I've ever put in the wall in that barn, they were from Marshall. And uh, to this day, he she is, hates him to this she day. She hates him to this day. We keep joking <laughs> that he's going to retire at uh, Clear Creek, and she says, "No, he's not." So he's still he's still here in retirement lot. So, our sponsor, JWS Gut, is North America's leading source for your new custom built show wagons, used hitch wagons, and practice wagons as well. Located in the rolling hills of West Michigan. We have been an industry leader and family-owned and operated for many decades. Follow us on Facebook at J.W. Scott Custom Wagons or call the shop at 269-793-0058. Talk about some of your favorite breeding horses. You guys have, uh, you have had an amazing breeding program. Uh, probably doesn't get the credit it's due, um, but talk a little bit about some of the horses uh through that you know mare mare wise probably the first one that comes to my mind is a mare called kgn ruby and uh, she was a remlap tarzan daughter and a uh, really neat story for me because it goes back to my dad and i went up to john least's i think it was his uh, second big production or reduction sale that he had it was held at carson's and uh, we went to buy a different mare we went to buy a mare named connie dumaray and um, I fell in love with this KGN Ruby. She was um, very modern. I mean, she had a neck a mile long, which is very different than a lot of the broodmares I'd seen to date. And uh, we bought her and she became one of our first real successful broodmares as far as what we showed off of her. We showed, um, I was able to breed her, I think three years in a row, four years in a row, maybe to CJ Legends when he stood at Oak Haven. And uh, we had some really great offspring off of her. And uh, that was one of my first brood mares that I really um, appreciated. And then kind of another story, I bought a mare with my grandfather. Um, that's going back a long, long ways, whose name was um, Breckenberry Lynn Jane. And she was a green top centennial daughter. I bought her from Keith Dennis. And um, we actually have a couple horses in our program right now 
um, off of that Breck and Maryland Jane line. We've had three generations past that. We just had a full born this year. That'd be the fourth generation off of that with the Lorab prefix. Um, so those are a couple of mares going way back. Um, I know Jocelyn has one in particular. You talk about Louie because she's probably one of your favorites. So Rooster and Romeo that we were talking about, their mother, uh, I don't even know, John Hartzland, was that a registered name? And so Mark tracked her down and we actually went to the Harrisburg sale to buy her sister and they- Romeo's sister. Or yeah, sorry, Romeo's sister. They no-sailed the sister in the ring. And when we went back to the stall, the old gentleman that owned her was there and- um, he said, you know, we, he was trying to buy the sister and he says, well, I got her mother. If you want her, he says, I'm getting out of the horses. So we, uh, we ended up, I think, he, I think we paid $1,800 for her. He says, I'm not giving her away. Mark said, well, how much do you want? He said, I want 1800 bucks. And I've never seen Mark stick his hand out so quick. So we had her and she actually had Blitz. Kyle, you remember Blitz? The yeah. blonde gelding? She was in her when we bought her and then she had Brewster and the day we went down to pick her up, we ended up bringing home her yearling who would be John Hart's Irish Irish cream. Who's our best broodmare now. Yeah. She's our best broodmare that we currently have. So we've been very fortunate. And like I say, I'm probably the most uh, excited right now. We've got some, uh, some young stock and some foals in the barn that are literally carry four generations of the Lorab prefix. And that's pretty exciting to us. Um, as far as stud power, um, our Katie Eddie is a horse that we leased. Um, we leased our Katie Eddie, who was a master's Eddie son from uh, John R. Schlebach. And he was Romeo's, we've heard us talk about Romeo many times, but he was Romeo's sire. And we sought him out for that reason. And um, he's done a fantastic job for us. We still have, um, Brewster, Laura Brewster, who's still in the hitch, and uh, Laura Bry that we used for many years was off Eddie, and uh, he he did a really good job for us. Um, I had a horse that I know Rod would remember named Commodore's Amigo, who was a horse that we bought, who was very ahead of his time, a very modern horse, and he he kind of put an early stamp on our breeding program, I would say. And um, yeah, we've and then currently, you know, we're pretty high on. Um, We've got a couple of young sons of our own that we're pretty high on, but we're pretty high on the, the cactus offspring right now. They just, the biggest thing for us, it's funny as you get older, um, we used to kind of like the renegades. We're not so much into the renegades anymore as we get a little older and uh, temperament means a lot to us. We really like the temperaments of the cactus offspring. Um, they just kind of seem to be our, our type of horse. And it's funny because you know, different horses fit into different programs. We've just found that they've worked pretty good for us. Um, we, we've been very fortunate. We've had a lot of, a lot of good, uh, horses that we've had, uh, in our program and, and we've had some that have worked great for other people too, which is even more exciting to see these horses go on for other people also. Mark, I recall, I think you have a, a mare that you call Bonnie. Um, like I don't, I can't remember the history on her, but if you could fill me in on how all that worked out. Um, I know that she's, uh, she's done some pretty uh, big things on the Laura Rob farm there. So uh, how did all that work out? Well, Bonnie, who Rod is referring to is uh, Fermi RS Dukes Bonnie. She was a mare that uh, I believe Manuel Tavares actually the breeder of her, yep. um, but she came, she's a French bred mare from um, up in Western Canada, but, 
Rod actually, and Rod wants to pat himself on the back, but since he's not, I'll help him out. Um, Rod <laughs> bought him at the Gordyville sale from uh, Mike Saspin when he had his, dis- I don't know if it was a dispersal, he just had a six up that he uh, had fit and sold. And long story short, Bob, uh, Rod, I think he used him, used her, what, two years in the lead maybe? Yeah. And then um, back when I was young and more eager than I am now in 2004, we decided we were going to do a gelding six and a mare four that year for the uh, NEBC in London that year. And um, I was short a lead mare. I had three really good mares and um, I needed one lead mare. And it happened to be the year that Jocelyn was working out at Rod's and they weren't using this mare anymore in the lead. So we picked her up from Rod. I won't go into the uh, driving habits that this mare had. That no, my wife no, no, go Rod. ahead. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> that, that's, what, that's what we're doing. Um, yeah, we need we to have all kinds of time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, anyways, we brought the mare home and we had a lo- few driving issues with her. Um, she liked to kind of jump over top of the uh, neck yoke all the time. Like couldn't even get out the driveway without her jumping over the uh, neck yoke. But, you know, the so funny that, thing was, is um, his, uh, current wife was uh there um driving her all the time and uh we never ever had that type of a situation and he but, still uh, to this day thinks i'm lying to him when i say that rod that I, oh i know i know. never did anything yep. like that when when yeah. uh you had her all jokes aside though we we made out very well in the long run with the mayor we just couldn't drive her we had to leave her in the lead and, um, but we, we did very well. We were actually third out of a huge class. Uh, we did that mirror four in London. We were third out of, I want to say 15, 18, much better than I ever dreamt we'd do with the mares up there. And that mare has been a phenomenal brood mare for us. I think we've crossed her, oh, six or seven different directions with horses. Um, she's had offspring, uh, that have been all over for us. And, uh, she's actually, um, interestingly enough, I believe she's 23. She's dutiful again, and I don't know what number this is that she's going to have for me, um, but we named a full dozen at least two or three years ago now because it was the 12th full that she'd had for us. And like I say, she's due again this year. So she, she's she been a really good one. She's been a really good group mare. And she was no accident. You know, I'm big on mares. I'm big on mare families. I remember her mother, and I believe her mother's name was Bonnie. Don't hold me to that. Um she was a mare. Uh, Manuel Tavares had a pair of Belgian mares that were just incredible um, back in, don't hold me to this late 80s, early 90s. Don't hold me to that time frame. But he had a really good pair of mares. And um, her mother was one of those mares that just did phenomenal all over, all over Ontario. So she's no accident and her offspring haven't been either. Would you say that you probably got your money's worth out of her or do you still feel you're uh, behind a little? Can always get another one, Rodney. It never hurts. I was just wondering. I didn't know. <laughs> we had one of her offspring. Yeah, uh, Mark uh, Hosteller, you had an offspring of hers that you benefited from very well uh, out of the Madison sale of Philly that did real well for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, she was a feisty one, too. Holy cow. She drove good, though, but she had yeah. the jab. I think we tried to put the crouper on her one time through the bars of a stall or something. <laughs> the way I got her broke was I. I braided an empty milk jug and filled it with rocks and braided it in her tail because yeah. she was just, she was crazy. She was cool. She was, she was cool. Yeah. So she was then, out of this mare. Then she was smart. Yeah. yeah. She was awesome. Okay. She was out of this Bonnie yeah. mare that Rod's speaking of by Conquer. Yeah. They, okay. they are known to have a little fire to them. You've got to, you got to talk to them the right way. You got to talk to them the right way. She was a cool, she was a cool young mare. Yeah. 
If you're looking for high-quality, custom patent leather show harness, look no further than Shanahan Harness, located in Huntsville, Ohio, with over 50 years of harness-making experience. Call Dan Shanahan, 937-686-5202. Once again, Shanahan Harness, 937-686-5202, or visit them online at shanahanharness.com. Yeah, but okay. So, what uh, what's your favorite? Okay, you guys go to multiple shows throughout the year, and what what's your favorite show to go to? I know it's kind of a loaded question because you guys kind of you put your own show on out there, don't you? Well, that's definitely not our favorite. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite's the Royal, and then the Biggie would be next for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really like the Biggie as well. And uh, for me, I love New York State Fair too, but honestly, a lot of that is just because of tradition for me. You know, when you're three years old and you're running around that fairground showing horses and you're still doing it when you're 40-something, that kind of holds a dear, dear spot in your heart. But um, I, I I really like the Biggie. I like the way we're welcomed at the Biggie. Um, in the Royal, there's, there's no atmosphere like the Royal. Um, yeah, those are probably my top three for, for me or New York Biggie and the Royal. Right. You guys have showed, showed for many years. We've shown it a lot of great venues. We've shown it a lot of great venues. You know, I, I really enjoy just showing at Centerville. Uh, There's just different places that you'd like for different reasons. And, uh, a good horse show is a good horse show. One of the things I always appreciated about Mark and Jocelyn, I've been in the Belgians now since about 2011, I guess. And uh, so we competed against each other. And for starters, they're always ready to kick your butt. Um, they, they always have great turnout, great horses. Uh, and then on top of that is is just the friendships that they have in the industry. I mean, they're always if you did get lucky enough to to beat them in a class, they're the first ones to come to your stalls. And uh, Mark's dad, Dick, he always is the first one for sure. Uh, but to congratulate you. And, and, and then likewise, when they beat you, um, you know, it was always awesome. You always felt good about going to congratulate them. I mean, I just, they're just that type of people. Just, I always uh, appreciated that uh, as a fellow exhibitor to Mark and Jocelyn. No, I was going to say, Kyle, I'm glad you brought up my dad because we haven't talked much about my dad yet. And he is uh, an integral piece of what we do. Um, not just because, you know, when I'm out, <laughs> when we're at the shows, a lot of times he's obviously taking care of things at home because we have a great staff. I have a great staff at the dairy. Um, we have great help with the horses also. Um, but I will say my dad is um, just a tremendous supporter of everything we do. And uh, we joke quite often. In fact, Rod will uh, back me up on this. We talk quite often. Um, I'm the brakes on, on this a lot of times, not my dad. Uh, he has never said no to anything we wanted to do. He supports us full throttle. And uh, he's just a huge piece of it. I just wanted to, to mention that also. And speaking of taking care of things at home, like when you go to a horse show, a lot of people, that's their job, you know, showing horses, that's their job. For you, that's your hobby. That's your getaway. Um, when you're at home, you're running a, a major business and you have, how many employees do you have? We have uh, altogether about 50. Uh, it, it depends on the time of year, Jaron. Uh, this time of year will be upwards of 50 when we get rolling here. Uh, but there'd be 20 five that work just at the dairy between dairies, raising heifers, 
um, you know, equipment maintenance, facility maintenance, that type of thing. Um, and then, like I say, in the summer, we'll be upwards of 50 when we're harvesting and so forth. And I joke quite often, my responsibilities, you know, the horses are obviously very important to Jocelyn and I, um, but both of us, not just me, but Jocelyn and I both have many other responsibilities. We're at home um, besides the horses. I joke quite often that I show up long enough just to annoy Jocelyn and Robert here at the barn as the, the barn help and throw in my two cents and then leave. Um, Jocelyn does 90% of the training, if not 95. And then uh, I get back here when I can. Um, currently, um, you know, we have someone that's at the barn most of the time with her. They're responsible for this. But even though even Robert, who's at the barn, he's doing many other things at the dairy and other places. Um, there's a lot going on around here, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So, yeah, the horses are, um, you know, they're very important to us. They are a focus, but the dairy is the bread and butter, plain and simple. Yeah, and that's that's what a lot of people don't see. They just see it at a horse show or a horse sale, you know. And uh, so they're going to love hearing this about what you have going on at home and and your breeding program with your mares and, and all the cattle and, and all that responsibility. That show on horses and going to a horse show and a horse sale is your hobby. And uh, not what you do for a living. Yeah, it's it's not abnormal that we'll come home. And uh, I remember a few years ago we got home. I think it was Biggie. We came home and got the horses off the truck. And I remember saying to the guys, "Okay, we got to go. Time to go cover a silage bunk." And I remember I think Jocelyn went and got us all pizza that were covering the silage bunk that night. And it's just it's what we do. It's all part of it. And uh, we're very fortunate to be able to do both aspects. But we couldn't have one without the other. Nonstop. That's for sure. Mark, have you uh, discovered the best way through Chicago yet? Um, I know several years ago you had a friend that, uh, a high-ranking friend that, uh, you know, told you the best way. Um, Ever since then, I do have uh, this uh, cramp or something in my left leg from the clutch. Um, I believe, I can't remember, how many hours did it take us just to get through Chicago to go into Brandon? Uh, I do you remember who, who invited this guy on this call? Anyways, <laughs> I wasn't told that he was going to be involved in this, but you know, Rod, I was, it's funny because I was thinking about that recently. Like, uh, we, we've had a lot of trips together, Rodney, and uh, in, in like these days now where we've all you know, all these guys are going to automatic trucks without clutches and standard transmission, our, things would be a lot easier for us now, wouldn't they, Rod, than they used to be with those uh, types of problems we had? Yeah, yep, yep. I, um, yeah, that was. Uh, so you that, had some clutch problems or what? No, no, no. It was just because the vehicles was, in front of us were no, moving very slow. I, I got slow. some bad advice. I, yeah. I trusted. I trusted the wrong person, and I've never been. Uh, but I've never lived it down that I listened to somebody instead of him about which way. But to he go won the two thousand show, so he was worth listening to when it comes to going through <laughs> Chicago. You know, so I mean, obviously he must really know Chicago well, you know, because he won the two thousand show. Hush. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Plan ahead for the Young Living Fall Festival and Draft Horse Show at the Young Living Lavender Farm and Distillery in Mona, Utah, September 24th through the 26th. This beloved tradition for both locals and visitors is a family-friendly way to settle into the fall season. Not only do these three days offer nonstop fun like jousting, pony rides, two exclusive concerts, and two PRCA rodeos, but as you tour the farm, you'll also get an insider's look at the Seed to 
Bridges seal quality commitment that sets Young Living apart and guarantees the premium essential oil Young Living is known for. The festival celebrated Draft Horse Show will host 18 of the top pitches from around the country, driven by expert teamsters. These gentle giants will demand your attention with power and pure majesty. There's so much to do and see at the Fall Festival and Draft Horse Show, so come explore, discover, and make some memories with your family. While we're on trucks, we might as well get this out of the way, too. Um, <laughs> I, re- I recall, uh, you know, you you look forward to going to the Gordyville sale every year. And, of course, uh, you guys always would stop on your way through and we'd hitch a ride with you or you with us. And uh, you so showed once up- we finally got Rod packed to go after sitting there for three hours waiting for him. Yes. Then we'd finally get to go to Gordyville. That's great. Well, I mean, a guy's got to look good, you know, and you got to have uh, proper equipment. Lots of products. You. Lots you of gotta, products. You got I mean, this head bag. don't look like this by just waking up in the morning. <laughs> well, so. Mark, you probably had to wait till he was done cleaning stalls, not. Yeah. I'm telling you, you gotta have your stuff looking good, even if it's in the wintertime. But, uh, yeah, uh, Mark shows up all proud as a peacock. He got this, uh, you know, back in the day when the Hemi was getting put into the pickup trucks, you know, that was a big deal. He was going to move on from a diesel to the Hemi. So uh, we're like, oh, yeah, brand new truck. We're going to take this one. And uh, on top of, like, I don't know, four or five tanks of gas to get there when it normally takes a tank and a half. Um, So then uh, we get there fine. What was it on the way back, Mark? Um, I don't recall how all that worked out, but uh, you tell the story pretty well. Well, we were on the way back, and I think we'd just gotten into Ohio, maybe, and we were, it was late, I mean, really late, and your boss, uh, Dr. Stone, was the one that it was his turn for a shift, and he was driving, and um, I remember we came, we are coming up on an exit, like, Mike, uh, you might want to stop here and get some fuel. Like, oh, we're fine, we're fine, we, that service area is coming up. And uh, all of a sudden we see this sign, you know, service area, two miles. And all of a sudden wasn't very long. I hear Mike says, Oh, this thing just shot down on me. And sure enough, he'd run it out of fuel. And uh, we're just getting onto that service area ramp, just starting to coast onto that ramp. And uh, Rod was in the front seat and he says, come on, Mark. And he flies out of the truck. And then he, in it, it is uh way of Jonah, Jocelyn, you stay here. And uh, so Rod and I got out, and Rod thought we were going to push this pickup and trailer the rest of the way into the service area. And uh, it did not work. So, but we did make Mike take the walk of shame. He's the one that had to walk up the rest of the ramp to the uh, gas station and buy a gas can to come and bring us some gas. So, well, I, why was Mike the that pickup, of Rod, he's still on my cattle trailer at the farm. It gets used every day. <laughs> well, my concern was the truck was still moving out of. I don't know if anybody's ever gotten out of a time. moving vehicle, but uh, it's way faster than what you think. So that's when I was like, uh, Jocelyn, uh, with them short little things, you better not attempt this thing or you're going to go down. So he did. A truck Thank and a trailer. Thank you for looking out for my well, best interest, Robbie. I mean, but uh, yeah, they don't push very easy. Because hey, so, there were probably at least two, if not three, horses on there. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I loaded down with horses, pushing the trailer pushing up the yard. Ramp. Ramp. Okay. So um, there's a lot of couples that ride together on the wagons at the shows. How come you guys don't? Honestly, it's a very simple question, and a lot of people would think it's because we wouldn't that we'd fight, and we probably would fight on the wagon. 
but it's, and I can answer this for the honest answer is she is my eyes and she is much better on the ground as my eyes than she would be sitting on the box seat. Yep. And we'd probably be divorced if we broke together. <laughs> yeah, and one of us would have ended up in the back of the wagon by now. So, but no, that's that's honestly, in my opinion, Jocelyn is very valuable on the ground to me. That's why. Yeah, fair enough. We rode. I rode on the unicorn with them, or maybe the four, at New York, and he told me to stop hitting a horse. I said, I'm "Not hitting a horse." He said, I'm not stupid. You're hitting the horse. So then I went and talked to him for the rest of the class and we're like in line and I'm ignoring him and he's trying to talk to me. And I just thought this is never going to work. So unless we're in dire circumstances, you won't see us on the wagon together much. <laughs> Back to. You probably get enough screaming when you're uh, on the ground, uh, let alone on the wagon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I, always, I make a point to stand beside Mark or Jocelyn, whichever one is not driving in a class, because it is awesome. <laughs> the commentary is incredible. <laughs> oh, geez. I'm surprised his dad still talks to him, uh, in all honesty. But hey. Uh, so, Jocelyn, you've driven a lot of cart horses over the years there. Like, what's obviously you were talking about Tucker, but what would another one be that really stands out to your eyes that was fun, you know, is fun to drive or was fun to drive? Um, well, when I was at Brillinger's, I drove a mare named C.H. Eddie's Donna a lot. And she was fun. She just was, she just kind of did her thing. Uh, Tilly from Oak Haven is not on my list. Um, <laughs> She's on my list, but for different reasons. And uh, Jay, actually, he was fun to drive. And Rooster and JP are fun to drive. They're just not fun to stand in the center of the ring with. Um. I don't know. I've driven, I've been really fortunate. I've been able to drive a lot of great horses, uh, whether it's been here or other places I've worked. So. Mm -hmm. Yep. Anything that stands now is what I think is a great car. Oh, shoot. Anything that doesn't rear up is your favorite now in the lineup. Actually, Rye was another horse uh, we talked about earlier, Laura, Rye, that we raised. And he was just one of those horses that, I mean, he he would just, like, turn it on and he'd go in the ring and you never had to touch him. Like, from the moment you checked up and he went in the ring, he stood like a dream and just did his job. And he was always one of my favorites to watch go around, too, just because, you know, it's kind of cool and you watch me raise them, but then they just do their job and like to do it. That's the biggest thing. We like horses that like their job, you know. When you're trying to force a horse to do a job that they don't like, they don't last around here very long. Yeah. So a Clyde you've driven recently, Jocelyn, would that be one in your books that is enjoyable to drive? Oh yeah. Um, he was great fun. It was a 13 year old Clyde stallion that uh, my husband <laughs> signed me up to go see what was wrong with it. And well, he ended up, he broke the cart. Or I broke the cart. <laughs> This was at your farm or at someone else's farm? Oh no, no, no! It wasn't at our place. It was at it was at the neighbor's place. Oh, <laughs> but we all lived to tell the tale. Oh shoot! So it is uh, spring training time. You guys have uh, show shoes on the horses on the boys yet? Or we actually 
we um, were on our second round of plating. We just replated a uh, week and a half ago, I think. And um, our plan is we're going to go to the new Wilmington show early June, which you know sounds like a great idea when you're doing the entries a month ago. But now when it's been cold and raining and that, but uh, no, we're we're really excited. They're driving. We're really happy. They're driving really good, and uh, we're just excited to get out and show. You know, last year we only got to go two places because of obvious reasons with COVID, and and it was just we had you know. Our focus last year was the farm and keeping everybody healthy. And it's hard to be promoting keeping healthy and then for us to be on the road all the time. And uh, so we only made it to two shows. So we're just looking forward to getting out and uh, hopefully the horses will cooperate. Yeah, it'll be exciting to somewhat get back to a normal uh, a normal show schedule. So you said Wilmington's your first show. And that's uh, well from now it's about four or five weeks away. Um, you have a pretty busy schedule lined up this year that you're going to? If it works out, um, after Wilmington, we have uh, our local county fair, the Genesee County Fair, the end of July, and um, then hopefully the normal circuit after that, depending on you know what that turns out to be. Uh, we, we don't hit it quite as hard as we used to, again, just because priorities have changed with work and so forth, but we'll hit hopefully at least six or seven shows this year if everything works out. You know, we're obviously still waiting to see on some of the fall shows what's going to happen and what's not. Um, uh, it's just, you know, the, the NABC being canceled and so forth. I, that's a, a really sad deal. I feel terrible for the Canadian group. That's I've been there. I've done that, you know, working on those shows and uh, they put a lot of blood, sweat and tears in. I feel bad that didn't work out for them, but we all move on. We just got to keep going and go where we can. So. The Redrive is also brought to you by Topeka Livestock Auction and Topeka Draft Horse Auction. Three great draft horse auctions to choose from throughout the year. You have the Spring Draft Horse Sale, the Seymour Draft Horse Sale, and the Fall Topeka Draft Horse Auction. For more information, follow them on Facebook or their website, TopekaLivestock.com. The next draft horse auction coming up is the Seymour Draft Horse Sale, which is June 3rd through the 5th. What about New York? What's the latest there? I mean, I know they said they're having a state fair. Does it look like they're having a livestock show and everything? Or what's the latest there, Mark? Do you know? Oh, Cuomo's got it opened up. <laughs> I, I wish I could give you any sort of answers whatsoever, but I don't. I do not know a thing. I don't. Uh, you know, many people know we lost our longtime horse show superintendent Naomi Blumenthal, and I don't know who's been replaced. Uh, or who's going to be in charge there. I don't know a thing about New York at this point. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully there'll be a show there and, and get things back to normal um, up there at some of these state fairs. I mean, I guess the Ohio state fair is going to be holding the show at the Mech. Uh, it'll be a little different, but at least, uh, at least there'll be a show. So, and I believe new Indiana's a go as far as last I heard, I guess. So it'd be kind of interesting to see. No, and I give I give a lot of people credit. There's been a lot of people that have, you know, really taken the bull by the horns and kept things going through this with some independent shows and that. And thank goodness for that, that keep things going. A lot of exciting things happening in the draft horse industry right now. And, and you've been in, involved in, in it for a long, long time, your whole life. What are some of the things that you like? Where do you see the draft horse industry go now? What are some of the things you like the best or I guess, what you don't like too. I mean, where the industry's headed. I think we're in some really interesting times, Jaron. Uh, you know, obviously horses are selling <laughs> at an all time record high. 
which is good and bad. I think we need to be very um, cautious with that. Uh, I think it's great, you know, um, that it's a, a seller's market. It's great as a person that's breeding horses in particular, you know, we're able to sell horses almost anywhere we want right now. Um, you know, the, 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 the classic series and the six horse hitch mania, as I call it, has just been, uh, you know, great as far as uh, all the shows that are promoting sixes and this and that. But I think we just need to be careful moving forward that we take care of everybody. Uh, it's, we need everybody, you know, we need people that, uh, can show on every different level. We've got to promote on every different level. Um, we don't want to discourage anybody from showing horses. We don't want to discourage anybody from breeding horses. We don't want to discourage anybody from buying horses. And I think we need to look at that from all of those angles with everything we do. And that's whether you're on a board for the, the breed associations, for the shows, for the classic series, or for your local sale committee. I think we just need to be careful that we're watching out for the best interests of every group involved. Um, I think at times we're, you know, we're walking a fine line with the public and we need to be very careful of what, how the public views things also. Um, this is, this is a great thing we've got going on. Um, you know, the classic series has done a fantastic job of promoting the animals. And, um, I, I love how they promote the shows that are part of the classic series also. Um, and I just think we're at a really interesting time and I think we need to take that momentum and just be very positive with it, but also be very cautious with it. Mm-hmm. absolutely yeah it just kind of Very seems well like the, the way the market is it's kind of like a, the the horse market the horse sales is kind of like a runaway train right now it's just so good and everybody you know it's great but like you said we still need to be looking out for everyone and yep. uh, and i know you've done especially you've done, you've done a lot yourself with the belgian corporation um your the breeders challenge you guys do have helped your breeders out a lot um and that's gotten become a huge thing uh, as well what uh you guys had the breeders challenge the stallions auction there at gordyville what was the total for that and and how's that deal looking you know i'm actually off of that committee now uh jared because i've stepped away from everything on the board but i know it was over a hundred thousand dollars this year that was raised um, I was on the auction block. I still do the pedigrees for them and that. And I, I got to tell you, the excitement that day was just, it was just crazy. You know, the the bids are coming from everywhere. The excitement is still there. Um, that Breeders' Challenge program has been a game changer for uh, the NABCs. Uh, Rod will attest and, and Mark Costler as well. You know, when I uh, took over the NABC committee for um, the NABC 8 uh, for 2016, we had no money. There was not going to be a show ever again. And this Breeders' Challenge has completely changed the uh, landscape of that. And that's just super. And it's also brought a lot of money into not just the NABC, but the um, Belgian Alliance, which promotes all these programs for, for the, uh, the breed-supported programs. And it's just great. And, and more importantly than any of that, than the money, it just gets people excited. And it keeps people involved. And that's the most important piece. You know, it's funny because I was thinking when you guys said you were going to have us on and this and that, and I was kind of expecting, or I was kind of preparing my own mind for some questions you might ask and so forth. And was a little scared of some of the questions you might ask, some of which have already <laughs> come up, but especially I found out Rod is going to be on the call. I was really scared, but um, you know, in, in all seriousness, all that we've been so fortunate and all the accomplished accomplishments we've had, I can honestly say probably one of my proudest moments was still when we won the two-year-old breeders challenge at the NABC, because that's for me, you know, that was just such a monumental thing. Um, it would, because the program was so big, we were able to win that two-year-old group and that mayor, 
again, don't hold me to this. I'm pretty sure she's a third generation Laura bred mare. So I just, as a breeder, that's probably one of our biggest accomplishments today. Yeah, it's most something, absolutely something to be proud of. Um, and there's a lot of breeders that would definitely take pride in that for sure. But no, we uh, we sure appreciate having you guys on, and and we appreciate appreciate everything you guys do, um, especially in the in the Belgian Corp and the Belgian breed. Um, you're always great ambassadors and great supporters, and served on so many boards, and uh, you know members of the Classic Series and Classic Series finalists, and uh, you know 37 years of showing a six horse sit, just pretty amazing. And uh, so we appreciate you guys taking the time and being here on the redrive with us, and uh, I hope to see you down the road at a show soon thank you sounds great guys thanks for having us thank you We would like to thank Shipshawana Harness and Supply in Shipshawana, Indiana, Mr. Bob Schrock. If you're looking for products for the show ring or at the farm from A to Z, anything you need, horse nutrition, tack, you name it, make sure you check them out, ShipshawanaHarness.com. Follow them on Facebook or visit their shop in beautiful Shipshawana Amish country, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. till 4 p.m., and Saturday, 8 a.m. till 12 noon. Call Mr. Bob Schrock, 260-768. 7254 for all your draft horse needs. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you drop by a Reinhold Tack and Western Wear mailbag, podcast at NAClassicSeries.com. Once again, podcast at NAClassicSeries.com. Any questions or feedback you might have, we would love to hear from you. I hope you enjoyed the show. Have a great week, and we'll see you down the road.